So first off, everyone, welcome. Uh, for those who don't know, Michael Scotto, HoopsHype.com's NBA writer, host of the Hype podcast, alongside my colleague, my main man, as Amadre Rashad used to say, Yossi Goslin. He is our salary cap guru and uh, expert in that field. Uh, he crunches numbers quicker than a tax accountant. So happy to have him on here with us. And, you know, we wanted to do this episode with you guys on the, on the this episode of Hoops High Podcast, really more to get uh, your questions, you know, and answer everything for you. Um, I'm working on another uh, Intel piece, so you can look forward to that coming out soon. Um, you know, we started out today, uh, a lot of action so far. You know, we had the uh, New Orleans Pelicans trade uh, with Portland, where CJ McCollum goes to Pelicans. Uh, interesting move there. And then you have the one that uh, lit up Twitter like Times Square, like New Year's Eve, where you have Tyrese Halliburton going to the Indiana Pacers as part of the deal for DeMontis Sabonis to go to the Kings. Um, you know, the Kings, to me, Yossi, are one of those teams that, uh, you know, they get a 25-year-old multi-time All-Star and, uh, you know, uh, they get, they get kind of pooped on a little bit like a toilet for this trade because they gave up Tyrese Halliburton. A lot of people pretty high on him. And I think a lot of people around the league were surprised that Tyrese Halliburton was moved. Uh, and talking with other executives you know, around the league, they did not get the sense that they were going to move him. They thought in talking with the Kings that the Kings were going to clear a path for Tyrese Halliburton to be the guy. And then they go a completely different direction, such as the Kings, um, the Kangs, as they say <laughs> on, on here. But uh you know, I, I wanted to, you know wanted to get through those those first trades a little bit, kind of throw some little analysis out there, and you know, fire it away for you guys. Certainly, to ask your questions, any team around the league, any player, fire away what we do. But Yossi, what, what did you think when you saw um, those two uh, notable trades so far today to kind of really kick off the deadline? So I mean, I guess we'll just continue with the Kings one because. The Kings getting DeMontis Sabonis was something that I definitely had uh, thought could happen, uh, just not in this way. I thought they're going to do something kind of like what the uh, what the uh, Bulls did, making like a, a picks-based package to get him. And no, they decided to keep their picks, and Tyrese Halliburton was, was enough. So on one hand, uh, you can... Now the Kings, they have their, they still have their picks. They could do something else. They can justify it as, you know, we got a two-time All-Star just for Tyrese Halliburton. That just depends how you feel about him. I feel very high about uh, Halliburton's trajectory. Uh, I think, I, I think he'll probably be the better player down the road than Sabonis. Um, but the Kings, you know, they, they, I wrote about that. Their motivations could be the how. They, they're about to have uh, a 16 straight season drought out of the playoffs, and I don't think they want to. That would be the record. So I don't. Clearly, they don't want to be on that side of history. So I'm not surprised that they got the bonus, but yeah, I'm very surprised that they traded uh, Tyrese Halliburton to do it. Now, so you're, but you're saying you you spoke to people around the league about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shock that they gave up Halbert are people more shocked that about like about like just the fact that they gave him up at all or people more shocked that they did that like like well how can you know how can the kings do that or you know in that vein oh both i mean look when when i was talking to guys i the first 
I got a text. Well, I'm trying to pull it up real quick. I got a text from an Eastern Conference exec after, and he just said to me, wow, come on, Zach. A um, couple of others. Hold on. Scroll them real quick. Uh, let's see. <laughs> this was from a GM in the Western Conference that made me laugh. He's, he's a sarcastic fellow. He said, I think it was a trade made between two teams, and one of them did much better than the other. <laughs> <laughs> I just, obviously he was talking about uh indiana doing better getting uh tyrese halliburton he, he was a big fan of him um but I, I will say you know quietly um you know look sacramento knows that they have a little bit of a stigma and a reputation and they're looking to change it and the only way that they can do that is to win games so you know for them they think to get into montes from sacramento's perspective uh, you know, hiding uh, behind somewhere, you know, the uh, the Twitter, you know, punches that are coming their way from NBA Twitter. Sacramento, their thought process is they know that uh, the vibe around them for years and they are trying to change that. Um, and they think the way to do that is by winning more. Certainly getting uh, DeMontis a bonus is going to help them win now. I don't think they've had as talented a front court guy as him that's an all-star caliber guy since uh, you know, Chris Weber. Um, I just think that Kings fans really appreciated Tyrese Halliburton and, and Tyrese Halliburton, um, you know, all due respect to the Kings. And you all know how this goes with the Italians. When I say that, what's coming next? Uh, not a lot of people are always trying to play for the Sacramento Kings and Tyrese Halliburton wanted to be there and wanted to turn it around about a week ago. He talked about, um, trying to be part of the turnaround and, and, and really wanting to be that guy. Um, even in the draft process, he, he was okay with trying to go there. And a lot of people in the past, other prospects would try to have their agents steer them away from going to the Kings. And in, in this case, it was kind of the opposite. Tyrese welcomed it. And then to kind of get this backhanded, uh, response where he gets moved. Now, granted it was for a, a multi-time all-star in the Montes bonus. Um, he was surprised and, you know, I just think that um, for him, I, him going to Indiana now, it, it'll be interesting. I think it's going to set up some other dominoes there um, with that team. I don't think they're done yet at all with, with their moves. They've got a lot more that they can get done as well. Um, and they've got some other uh, bench guys they could look to move as well. Plenty plenty still to go there for Indiana. Um, but, yeah, just the, the real reaction was just a shock because a lot of people – we're getting the messages from the Kings that they were going to build more around Tyrese Halliburton and try to clear off other guys to make more playing time for him. And they do the total opposite, but uh, such is the Kings. Yeah, I definitely believe there's going to be some follow-up moves for both teams. Um, so with the Kings, first of all, I just, I don't, I still don't see a path to the plane right now. Uh, I, I, I feel pretty good that the Lakers should probably still be in there. The Clippers, now after that trade, getting Norman Powell, Robert Covington, I feel pretty good that they should be in the mix. So, yeah, Portland's now going to drop off. And now it's basically between them and the Pelicans and then, you know, just depending on how the the Lakers and Clippers do. So, I don't know if I'm leaving out someone. I'm not looking at the standings, but I'm, I'm a little skeptical that, you know, this will be enough to get them to the plane this year. Now, with that said... The Kings do still have another move to make. Um, 
one, they, like I said, they, they still have all their draft picks if they wanted to trade multiple draft picks for someone that would, that could, uh, you know, like, for example, they need a shooting guard right now. Uh, I don't really know who's available, but may, you know, like they're kind of short on shooting guards after trading both Halle, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald. So, you know, that's just something they can look to address. Um, they've got Rashawn Holmes now, who seems pretty expendable. You got the bonus there. I mean, yeah, you can have Rashawn be the the primary backup. That'd be like he'd be one of the best backup centers in the league. I don't like the idea of them starting together. But now you got him. He's got some value. So I'm definitely keeping an eye on the Kings doing something else. And as far as the Pacers, so you know, now they've got this crowded backcourt. They've got a lot of guys. They've got Tyrese, they've got Buddy, they've got Malcolm, Duarte. So obviously Tyrese and Duarte are in the plans. And they don't necessarily need to shake something up right now. I think getting what they got for Levert already, that's that's really good. And then now you got Tyrese Halliburton for Sabonis. Like I think they could they could chill now if they want. Uh, especially because they can't trade Brogdon right now until the offseason. So um unless so I guess the only other thing to look out for them is maybe they still move Turner if they can get a haul for him. But I think they I they've got most of their heavy lifting done and if they want they could just they could just relax and just, you know, if they've got two picks in this draft and figure out what to do with Brogdon later. But um yeah, I'm definitely just keeping an eye on what the Kings do. Like th- this roster is still very much uh, a question mark right now. You know, you touched on real quick if they can make the uh, the play-in tournament. I mean, look, right now Sacramento is, believe it or not, only two games back of the Pelicans uh, for the 10th seed, and it's it's certainly doable. I mean, Sabonis is a big upgrade for them. I, I think they could give it a shot, but. Um, you know, I still think ultimately the Lakers and the Clippers will uh, maintain their playing spots and, and and get there. I think for the Pelicans, getting CJ McCollum certainly uh, helps them now. You know, I know there's some you know question as to whether um, you know Zion Williamson or come back or not. Uh, you know, I think right now just even getting CJ in in general to a big upgrade for them. Um, he, you know, he's been a guy that's a consistent twenty point game score for seven seasons. Um, I do think ultimately they've they've been trying to get better and add veteran uh, guys to that young core that they have with uh, Brandon Ingram and you know Zion and Jackson Hayes has played better, so they they wanted to keep him out of that deal and they were able to do that. Um, I think ultimately, uh, you know, for Portland, um, my biggest thing that I'm looking at Yossi and for all the folks listening is now they've got we've got two teams now today that have put themselves in position for the free agent market now that were not there. It was previously like four teams. Now we're bumping it up to six. Portland has significant cap space, and then you got Indiana as well. Now, both of those places are not traditionally free agent destinations. Um, you know. But that said, uh, money talks. So at the end of the day, they have a lot more flexibility. They can take on guys uh, via trades, um, certainly overspend on guys if they want. Um, I wouldn't recommend that, but we've certainly seen it where some higher level role guys get a, a bigger payday from teams that aren't uh, traditional big market free agent destinations. Um, you know, my, my biggest thing with Portland is, 
you've now gotten rid of CJ. You've gotten rid of all the veterans around Damian Lillard that were there, you know, except for Yusuf Nurkic, which I also think like that's interesting. So you're going to potentially bring back Nurk. Um, like that's, that's the vet that you want to bring back with possibly, you know, Dame as you kind of retool this. Interesting. I wonder what his value is going to be in free agency if, if that ends up being the case. Um, but overall, looking at Portland, I, I think they've got a lot of flexibility here. But um, I'm, I'm just curious if they can really do this retool and compete and reshape the roster around Damian Lillard. Anthony Simons, make no mistake, they are keeping that young man, or whatever it takes to pay him, uh, coming in free agency. Uh, he's been a guy that's been you know over 20 a game and six assists when he's been a starter. So they expect him to bring similar production to CJ McCollum at a cheaper rate. Um, and a younger guy at that around Dame, um, you know, Dame still in his prime, but not a spring chicken anymore. They've got to make moves fast. And I, I just wonder if they're going to be able to do what they want. It, it almost reminds me a little bit, uh, you know, Yossi and the listeners of kind of when Carmelo Anthony was with the Knicks, you know, he wanted to compete. They wanted to make some quick moves and they got Derek Rose and, and, Joakim Noah, and we saw how that kind of turned around quickly. I I somewhat worry that Portland is in that kind of a middle ground area where, you know, it, it's tough for them because they've got a franchise icon, not, not even a star. This is an icon. Damian Lillard for them uh, will go down as probably, you know, an all-time Blazer great, if not the greatest um, for them. And at, at that point, you're looking at, They've always had trouble keeping guys. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge left. Brandon Roy got hurt. Um, you know, Greg Oden never panned out. So for them, Damian Lillard is everything. Um, I, and, and, and it's almost kind of like, you know, when Dirk was with the Mavericks too. All those years he tried to compete and he couldn't get over that hump, in my opinion. So now, uh, do they have enough now to, to get it done? You hear the talk too about Jeremy Grant. Uh you know, if you're going to get Jeremy Grant, who's 28, then it's like, okay, you're kind of really going more towards that retool route. Um, but I, I certainly would be hesitant to give up Portland's pick in this year's draft. You know, I know a lot of people will say, well, you can't have really a young guy with uh, an older core. Um, but, you know, like, look what would have happened if the Warriors took LaMelo Ball. He could have fit in there. Like, certain guys that are younger – franchise caliber guys that you end up finding. I don't think, um, you know, they're going to want to do something too drastic like that and give up that high of a pick, but I could be wrong. But, you know, Yossi, with that in mind, that, that was kind of my thoughts on those trades. I don't know if you had anything else, but then I'd like to definitely open it up to uh, the people. That's why we are here. We are here for the people. Your questions on your teams, your players. All right. So a lot to unpack with the Pelicans Blazers stuff. So. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with the direction the Pelicans took taking bringing in CJ. Um, you know, I I get the narrative that this is like a a job saving type of move, but I'll say this: as like while this trade might not get them into the playoffs, like I I would favor them into the plane over the Kings right now. I do think that given the value that they gave up. To not only get CJ McCollum, but also Larry Nance, I think you take that deal anyways. Because so, like the two things, the two real—I mean, I guess three real assets—they gave up. They traded Josh Hart, who you know you can just call. Uh, they're upgrading from him to CJ. 
They traded Nikhil Alexander Walker. You know, he's a nice young player. Um, but I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how much, you know, he's really threading the needle for, uh, for Portland. And then they gave up their, uh, first round pick this season. So they already owe their pick to Charlotte, but now they changed the protections where if it's 15 through, if it's in, the, if they're in the playoffs, it goes to Charlotte. And if it's like, um, six through 14, so they, you know, which is more likely what will happen, then it goes to um, Portland. And given that that's all they really gave up to get DJ and Nance, I think you take that deal. And, you know, uh, now they're, they're kind of out of flexibility. They used the big trade exception to bring in Nance. They took on a lot more extra money. But I, I think it just given, like, that, just I, just value wise, I think it's a fine trade, and um, that's all I mostly got to say on that. As far as the cap space stuff, so yeah, the Blazers and Pacers, their trades over the past week, past several days, now they're in a position to have cap space. Uh, the only thing is that um, I don't expect them to have cap space. Like, I don't think they'll operate with cap space. The main reason is now they each got these big trade exceptions. And if you combine these trade exceptions and all their other like mid-level exceptions, stuff like that, they have more spending power with that stuff. So the Blazers, they got a big $21 million trade exception, for example. And they have a $6.5 million one that they got in the Robert for trading Norman Powell and Robert Covington. So you can use that as artificial cap space and then re-sign uh, Anthony Simons and Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, you touched on Nurkic. Um, yeah, it does seem like unless, you know, maybe they want to, they think they can get him back at a good rate. Maybe that's why they haven't traded him yet. Uh, who knows what's going on there. But I'll be interested to see if anything changes there. And yeah, I mean, the last thing about the Blazers is they're, they want to retool the roster around Dame. I just... I don't really see the vision. I mean, there's no one you could really pursue with cap space if they choose to go that route. Um, there was some speculation I saw today or some reports that maybe they could go after Ben Simmons now in case the Sixers want to go the cap space route to sign James Harden. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But even then, I, I just don't see how they're, what they're putting together that's going to make. Portland, maybe even like win a playoff series over the next few years, let alone become a contender. Yeah, I agree. Listen, you know, I'm, I'm not a real big uh, Game of Thrones guy, but, you know, they talk about the vision and the flames. I, I don't know what uh, Bush is burning there for uh, Portland, you know, with the whole Dame Lillard thing as far as like, I, I just think like they've had a window with him. I, I, he's still a great player, but man, you're going to have to really turn that around quick. But, you know, listen, I, I certainly want to get um, now nah, I'm not the host. Yossi's got the, uh, he's got the controls. He's got the remote here, but, um, wanted to get to questions from all of you, your favorite team, your favorite player, whatever's on your mind, obviously, uh, you know, let's keep it respectful. I, I have no doubt that we all will, but just throw that out there just in case. Um, if, if not, you can get the mute button, like, uh, Tony Reale on, uh, part of my take or whatever. Uh, all right. I've, this is my first time doing these, so I'm just going to go in the order in which I see whoever's first. So, uh, first up, I brought in Dylan Hunter Carter. How are you doing? How are you guys doing tonight? 
Hey, Dylan, how Doing are you? All right. Doing very well. Um, so, Michael, I saw your report earlier today uh, about the Spurs getting some interest from Thad about Thad Young from the Wolves and the Suns. Now that uh, mm-hmm. that Suns package has kind of been floating out there for a while now. It was interesting to see that Wolves idea come out because I think the Suns were probably waiting in some regards because they know that there wasn't a whole lot of competition, a lot of noise. And I'm wondering if it's becoming a little bit more likely that Thad Young gets moved at this deadline now that there's other teams involved besides uh, Phoenix. I think it's certainly, uh, Dylan, answer your question is going to move the needle somewhat towards that. But overly, I don't know. I think, um, look, all due respect, you know, the, the Torian Prince in a second package is not anything to write home about. I, I think the, you know, when I had written about them getting, uh, when they talked about with the Suns, with Jalen Smith, um, Dario Sarge, and uh, it was two second round picks. The thing with the Suns is they're really good. So those second round picks are, you know, so far towards the back of the second, it doesn't necessarily move the needle as much as they would like. Um, Jalen Smith, you know, Yossi, the cap expert, can certainly break this down. But I'm going to explain this in as simple, like, uh, English baby terms as I can. They can't really go more than what he was supposed to make um, in his rookie scale deal. So I think it's like $4.7 million. Um, I don't know how much of a percentage it is, but they can't go more than that. Do I think Jalen Smith is going to get more than that on the market? Um, I would be a little surprised, but, um, you know, we'll see. I, I, I don't think so, but uh, we'll see, certainly. The, the best way to look at Jalen Smith in regards to trades is, you know, I'm sure there's going to be teams interested in taking a shot on him to see if there's something there, but more so just for salary matching purposes to so to get a bigger deal done. Like the Thad Young example, you need to put Sarge and Jalen Smith together basically to match. Uh, maybe the Suns could probably take back a little bit more, but I think that's the bigger uh, the reason for Smith's inclusion in a trade right now. Great. And I'm just curious, you know, you're the, the expert to ask. So I, I know the Suns did not pick up the option on, on, um, on Jalen Smith, but do they still have some kind of rights, uh, some kind of restriction rights in the free agency? Uh, they just cannot uh, re-sign him to more than whatever he was supposed to make next season had they picked up his player option. And that, re- that, re- uh, that goes for any team that trades for him, even like if OKC, for example, traded for him. and Or, I mean, like just any, a team that has cap space and they want to use their cap space still doesn't work. You can't resign him. So they, if you like Jalen Smith, just try to sign him in the offseason, try to outbid whatever his, the team he finishes the season with can offer. All right, guys. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time and I enjoy your, uh, your coverage. Thank, right, you you guys, Dylan. Thank you for the uh-huh. kind words and appreciate the question. All right. Let's see. Um, next up, we've got Chris. Hey, what's up? Um, two questions. Uh, well, two guys, same question. Corey Joseph, Detroit. Uh, DJ Augustine, Houston. Uh, low salary backup point guards that can actually help. Uh, not named Dennis Schroeder. Uh, where do you think they might be going? Uh, since both Houston and Detroit are obviously uh, not needing the services of thirty-plus point guards. Good question. I, you know. I would say that I thought originally that of the two, I thought 
Corey Joe would be easier to move. Um, but uh, to this point, I, the thing is for them, like you're not going to get a ton back. You would maybe get a protected second if that's really like the asset that you were looking for um, for either one of those guys. Um, I, you know, there's other guards out there too, uh, Chris, that like, you know, the Aaron Holiday as well for Washington, he's kind of backed up um, on their depth chart. Uh, that's another guy that's kind of out there. Um, it doesn't seem to be as huge a need as much for backup guards. I will say that I've heard there's more of a need in the market for backup centers. You know, you look at the Chicago Bulls. Uh, Toronto's looking to get more of a starting caliber center as well. Um, Charlotte is also in that conversation. It seems to me there are more teams looking for a big man. And, you know, one of the guys I personally would circle on my uh, list if I was, you know, GM Scotto. Uh, would be Robin Lopez of the Orlando Magic. I certainly think if I was a team like, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks, for example, um, I would try to get the Lopez brothers back together and uh, and make that happen. I think they could use a little bit of depth there. Um, you know, sometimes they've had to play Bobby Portis there a little bit more. And I, I think in the playoffs, um, you're going to want more of a, a true natural five, at least to have as an option. But as far as uh, DJ Augustine and Corey Joseph, I haven't heard anything specific on those two guys as far as where they can go. Um, but I was in the same thought of uh, frame of mind as you that they would be, uh, you know, good, cheap backup point guard options. But it seems like there's a lot of uh, that out there. And, you know, same thing for Aaron Holiday. He hasn't been able to, uh, you know, get moved yet as well. And the only thing I could add to that as far as those two specific players is. I think DJ Augustine, he's a logical buyout candidate just because his contract is basically non-guaranteed. It's got a small partial guarantee. So if he decided he wanted to play on a contender, it'd be pretty just easy. Houston could just cut him. Uh, I think I saw a report, though, that he wants to stick around in Houston. So uh, we'll see. But still, just because you know he's a veteran and on an expiring deal on a bad team, you know that's always always going to automatically make him a logical buyout candidate. I definitely appreciate it, man. Happy you guys are up here doing some space. Uh, the, that, Chris is the inspiration, folks. This is the first guy I probably I joined. Chris hosts a morning show, by the way. If you guys are up in the morning and you want to tune into some NBA stuff, he'll get um, some guys like Jamal Crawford will pop on a lot of times um, in his show in the morning. Uh, so that's one guy I always have a, a fun time chatting with. And, um, you know, certainly keep an eye out for his, usually around like 10 to 12 in the morning, um, whatnot. Sometimes I also try to pop in uh, a little more hectic now with the trade deadline, but definitely give him a listen as well. And appreciate the question, brother. Thanks for coming on, Chris. Absolutely, man. Appreciate it. Now I'm going to bring a couple guys. Hey, Kev, how you doing? How's it going, Yossi? So these two guys are a package deal. Oh, no. (laughs) I know these guys. How's it going? Joe, Kev. Yeah, how's it going, Michael? Hey, Kev, how you doing? All right, good to hear from you. Back at you. What's on your mind, brother? Okay, so you guys mentioned that Miles Turner is possibly going to be moved after the Domas Sabonis deal, but does that really add up? Like, they have some backups in Boga Batadze and Isaiah Jackson, but is that really the core they want to build around? It seems like the perfect, like, 3 and D big essentially is Miles Turner for this offense. And they can like they have much more space on the floor getting Domus uh, off. So, personally, I really 
I, I agree with that what the Pacers did. And in some way, you could say I, I think they traded the right center and kept the right one. I really like Miles. I, I agree with you, Kevak. I really like Miles Turner as a center to build around. And he's, he's a guy, you know, um, he's, got an ex, he's going to be extension eligible soon. And it's like a pretty reasonable number kind of rises up through the low 20 mil to high 20 mil. So definitely a guy that you could keep under cost control for a while. And now I do get that. Yeah, they have Isaiah Jackson and they have Goga Batadze. Um, I mean, after getting after trading Sabonis, like I said earlier, you don't they don't there's no rush to make a big move. I think at this point, it just got to be for a haul or just something they really want. They're gonna move Turner, um, but but especially after getting getting off trading Sabonis and said, I don't think there's really any pressure to to do something with him. Yeah, I mean, Kev, to, to your question, I think um, when it comes to Miles Turner, first of all, one reason you kind of asked me, well, like, why would they potentially look to move off him? Because next year he's going to be in the last year of his deal. Uh, he's going to earn eighteen million dollars, and then after that, Indiana would have to uh, pay up for him. And uh, to me. Miles is still uh, certainly young enough. You know, he'll be 26 next year where you can kind of build around him. Um, but it, it's also a guy that, like, I could see in the offseason um, getting a nice haul back if you really wanted to just completely tear it down and start from scratch again. Um, so I don't think that they're just going to not at least look at that. His, his injury um, certainly has uh, hurt his market a little bit in terms of getting something done right now. Kind of similar to what's going on with Joe Harris uh, with the Brooklyn Nets as well. Um, anytime a guy's injured before the deadline and, and you don't know when the guy's coming back, if he can even help you this year, it really dilutes any incentive to to go pay up for the guy now. Yeah, absolutely. I've been uh, I've been you know working the the trade machines as they say, and I felt like it just made no sense the entire time for Miles to get moved. But yeah, it with the deal coming up, if he's gonna get. 25 plus mil i could or like if that's his market i could absolutely see them wanting to get off but you know 18 mil right now is his contract if he's up to 20 to 22 you know that type of player with tyrese halliburton you could just build the inside they already have duarte i mean that's a young really good core you're getting two-way play out of almost every position essentially yeah i think the pacers killed at this trade deadline <laughs> yeah absolutely they got you like you said no no like you said it perfectly. They got off the right big. And I mean, this is, that's a hell of a haul. But uh, just one more question on a big. And that's, I saw Jordan Schultz report. PJ Washington is potentially like a guy that could get moved sometime soon. I don't know. Have you guys gotten any, any uh, snippets on that? I mean, PJ's certainly out there. Sorry, hold on. I think, uh, all right, there we go. My mic's back on. Yeah, PJ Washington is, is certainly out there. He's available. Um, the reason for that partly is because Charlotte has to pay uh, Miles Bridges now, and he's going to make more than they thought. They didn't want to pay him, you know, in the low twenties, and now his market could be much more than that given the year he had. So they've got to figure that out. Um, and you know how they are with the luxury tax. That's why Kemba Walker was not brought back as well. So uh, that's part of the reasoning as far as PJ, and I would certainly keep an eye on him as a guy that. Even if it's not now, if it's by the offseason, um, a guy that they could look to move. They can't can't pay everybody. Kind of like what's going on, too, with uh, the Atlanta Hawks when they moved Cam Reddish, for example. Yeah. And, uh, we're, seeing, we're seeing how uh, Cam Reddish is treated right now. All right. I appreciate, appreciate the question, Kev. Looks like uh, we've got Joe G. 
Go, Jay. What's on your mind? How's man? it going, guys? Hey, so uh, good. Yeah, so um, I'm a Lakers fan, and you know, admittedly, most of us Lakers fans, you know, the stuff you hear is like, oh yeah, we should package Westbrook and DHT and uh, 2027 first, and we'll get Dame Lillard. So obviously, that's not going to happen. Russ is not an asset. That player option is brutal. So the one trade that I've kind of thought would make sense for both sides involving Russ would be Russ to the Knicks plus a pick in exchange for, you know, all their all their guards who make too much money, you know, Fournier, Kemba, Burks. And, you know, for the Lakers, the reason to do that is obvious. For the Knicks, I just think that, you know, this team's not going you anywhere this year. You can't see me shake. You can't see me shaking my head, Joe, but I am shaking my head right now. On which side? On which side? For the Knicks? I am shaking my head, and I know Lakers guru can see it on my face right now. Just so, I, I, he, I got asked this in Lakers spaces, but – Go ahead, carry on, my brother. Yeah, carry I mean on. the reason the reason to do it for the Knicks is they don't give up an asset. You know, I think they if they had the choice, they'd probably get off of Fournier's contract, off of Kemba's contract, and it's just kind of a way for them to you know get a shot of adrenaline in their arm, fill some seats. You know, maybe Russell do something with Randall, and you know if it doesn't work out, I mean next year it wasn't their year anyways. It's probably a little more movable in the off season. So just wanted to know if you guys thought there's any chance of that happening. Um, or if there's if there's even a deal out there for us, not really. I mean, we've I've been asked this question a lot, and I don't see it. I mean, you know, unless we're going to do something for John Wall, but you never say never. I mean, maybe next year I would think when it's more of an expiring contract. Um, but no, nah, I don't. I don't see it for for him. And I and I know that the Knicks have been brought up. I, I feel like you know people always would do that with the Knicks, like. They would bring up a guy that, yeah, it would be like a splashy name, but it's a different regime now. Um, I don't, I don't, I just don't see it. I really don't. And, and I've said this on the, the late night Lake Show uh, Twitter spaces. The Lakers made their bed, and they they got to get comfy and sleep in it because I don't see him getting moved. Yeah, I'm there too. It's either John Wall mainly, and you know, I don't think, I don't think the Lakers really want to do that. It's interesting though because whether it's with Westbrook if they keep him long term, or even and you can apply this to Wall if they actually wanted to do that trade. There's a scenario, and I mean, I, I wouldn't do it if I were them, but if they really can't trade Westbrook in the offseason for anything, and keep in mind that it'll be, they'll have a, like a more enticing package because their 2029 first will become available to trade. So they could package that with the 2027 first, assuming that's still there. And try to get something. I don't know who's going to be available, but that's an option they could do. But if if that doesn't happen, I I don't. I think this is unlikely, but there is somewhat of a possibility. Maybe they do like a have Westbrook opt out and then re-sign him to something where he's making much much less, but it's like two or three years. Again, I don't think that's going to happen. But there's like I did play with that scenario. There is a pathway where they can bring back Westbrook and like still have like a similar type roster. Maybe they improve on the margins and stay under the tax. Again, this is just like me, just just me playing around with stuff. I don't think they should do that, but just something to keep in mind. Cause you know, I just don't know if they can't get off Westbrook, then they might just have to figure out, uh, you know, how to, how to live with him. You really, you really trying to get a uh, Lakers, Lakers Twitter going with that one now? You really? I mean, pushing, I'm, I'm not pushing guys, the button. I'm, I'm asking for Evan Fournier <laughs> and Alex Burks. Like, 
I think I don't, I'm not representative of Lakers Nation right. as a whole, but yeah, no, I understand that he's a, he's probably the most difficult guy to unload in the league considering he's a, he's a net negative out there. So, I mean, I don't think the Lakers are trading a pick just to get off Westbrook, even to turn him into guys that might fit better. Like, if they can do that without a pick, I think they'll, they'll definitely look into it. But I just, that's, I think they already gave up a pick to get Westbrook. Can't, you can't give up a pick to get off of them. So you guys, uh, you guys don't think game for THT Westbrook and the 2027 first is going to happen? No. Damn. No. <laughs> no. Stop it. It's a shame. It. We've got Avery Bradley's expiring too. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming on. I got to keep this going. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, uh, Yossi. Thanks for thanks coming for on, guys. I appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. All right, let's see who who do we have next up in the uh, in the queue, Yosef. Just give me a sec, cause like I'm manually, um, like taking them off, and then I gotta add more people. But okay, um, I'm I'm waiting. I'm waiting for like a good, you know, Nets, Harden, Simmons. Like I, 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 I come on, but we need a little bit of we yeah, need a little juice. I'm not you. To... I'm just saying. I'm, yeah. I'm waiting on the people. I I know that that's the burning question. So let's get Mavs addict. In here, Mavs addict, you were on. Hello, hello. Um, there's a lot of things going on, or should I say, not going on with the Mavs front office. I'm one of those Mavs fans that really don't care. I think we'll be all right because we have Luca, but that's just me, you know. Uh, so I'll talk about a different team. Uh, how do you guys feel about Goran Dragic? Period. Like, where is where do you think he's going to end up? Because I think he's going to get bought out. If he does end up anywhere, he's going to get bought out. Unless it's unless it's the Bucks, maybe the Heat, he won't get bought out. But anywhere else, I feel like he'll get bought out, and then he'll fall into our lap. How do you guys? Feel? Well, I certainly think I certainly think his contract could be moved as an expiring. I think it's still an asset. Um, in terms of if he stays on the team, I mean, it, it really depends where he goes. Um, I'm kind of curious how much. Goron has left in the tank. Do I think he could be a backup on a team? Yeah. He hasn't played in a while either. So, um, you know, I, I think you'd have to temper expectations there. You know, um, you know, you obviously are a Mavs fan and like Dallas has been linked to Goran Dragic so long and, you know, it's kind of never come to fruition. And then Jalen Brunson has played well for you guys. I don't know if you really need him per se. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of curious where he would end up. Um, so with Goran, I mean, I would definitely, I agree. I would definitely temper expectations as, as far as what he could give to a team. Um, just mainly I'm, you know, I'm looking at the Raptors and Nick Nurse is a guy who only wants to play positive players, like players that will really help him win. I would think that Goran Dragic can definitely, you would think before the season, he could maybe play like 15, 20 minutes a game and he's not even playing at all. Maybe part of that could just be because. He doesn't maybe doesn't want to be there or something, but um, I I would think that most likely he will be traded, mainly as a salary filler to get something to Toronto, uh, whether they can get a center or just some more uh, bench pieces that can help them and alleviate some of the heavy minutes that go into all their starters. I think that's the move. Maybe they give up a couple seconds to make that happen. Now I'll say this so. Dallas does seem, you know, they've been linked to Dragic for a very long time. I wouldn't 
sleep on a return with the Heat. So if Dragic gets traded, then he'll have been traded twice, and then he can return. He'd be able to return to the Heat if uh, the second, if the if the team he gets traded to buys him out. And may you know, I, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. I I just wouldn't count out the idea that. You know, he's been, he's kind of like a heat lifer. He loved his time with the heat. He really wanted to be there. And I think they're, right now, they're my finals favorite uh, to make it to the East. So, you know, if he, I think there's something, uh, it could be like important to him uh, that that uh, he he could win a championship with the heat. That might mean a lot to him. I, I don't know how these spaces work, but uh, <laughs> I guess I'll just hop in here. Yeah, I could see him going back to the Heat, and I think that would make a lot of sense since he was in the finals with them just two years ago. But to your point about him not being, uh, maybe not being uh, the same guy anymore, us Mavs, we really don't need him to be great or anything. We don't need him to be a starter, definitely not. Our problem is the fact that we have now moved Jalen Brunson to the starting lineup. So now we need somebody else who can handle the ball for our bench unit, which right now we don't have anybody that can create their own shot or even drive the ball to the basket, to be honest with you. But um, that's really why Mavs fans like Goran Dragic ideas so much. So that's just really it. Goran would be really good for us. I understand why other teams might not want Goran Dragic or think he might not be good enough. But for us, he would do a lot. Yeah. Uh, no, I think he'll definitely have a bigger role in Dallas, it seems, even if they, whether with or with, without Jalen Brunson. But uh, no, uh, anything you have to add to that, Michael? No, I'm pretty much spot on. I mean, I certainly appreciate the question, Mavs Attic. Thanks for popping on with us. Uh, yeah, thanks. We'll see how many more we can get in. I think we've been on probably about 40, about like 40 minutes or so. Definitely try to get a few more in there and then, uh, you know, get back to working the phones and whatnot. But appreciate yeah. the question for sure. All right. So let's go to Bray. Hey, guys. So big Wolves fan here. Um, so I know like James Harden to Philly is like, you know, talk of the town, but like, is there any chance by the deadline that, uh, cause I've seen a report that like Minnesota has had an offer out there for like months of draft picks. So I was wondering if, uh, you guys heard anything about Minnesota and Ben Simmons. I mean, look, Minnesota has been trying to get, Minnesota has been trying to get Ben Simmons for a while. Um, you know, they certainly have the draft pick capital, but um, the, my understanding was ideally Daryl Moore wanted Minnesota to get one of the players that he wanted on his list with those draft picks and then flip it to him. Um, that that was my understanding with it because they don't need a ton of draft picks right now with the way their roster's set up and with Joel Embiid there. You're not really trying to develop a bunch of first round picks from down the line, even though Minnesota has struggled in the past. Now, right now those those picks are more like, mm, I don't know, anywhere from ten to the teens range, you know, uh mid to late teens. That's not gonna really move the needle like that. Right. I know I'm with you there, Michael. And I the one thing I basically the one conclusion I came to as far as the Wolves and their pursuit of Ben Simmons is as a third team, if the Sixers can get one of those players on their list and the team they're doing a trade with just doesn't want Ben Simmons, maybe they want more picks instead, then that's something where Minnesota could get involved and 
they offer their three or four first round picks, all their swaps. Uh, they've got some recent first round picks they can include. That would be, that's, I think, the more realistic uh, path for Ben Simmons to get to Minnesota. And, uh, you know, so we'll see how that happens. It doesn't seem like it'll, it might shake out that way if the Sixers Harden stuff comes to fruition. But yeah, unless the Nets like, or whoever just doesn't want Ben Simmons and they want picks from Minnesota, I think that's the, the real way to get him. Right, because that's all I've heard is, you know, ever since like, you know, the 2021 draft, like it's been about, you know, can, can uh, you know, the Wolves, you know, add like a Malik Beasley or, you know, Jane McDaniels, who's a promising young player. But, but like, yeah, like why would Philly want, you know, Jane McDaniels? He's young. He's not developed. He's not a win now player. He plays defense and shoot a little bit, you know, from three, but. But yeah, you got Embiid right now. You need, exactly, you need guys that are, you know, vets that can, you know, do their own things. So, yeah, the type of framework I really liked was when I have something I came up with right when the Sixers got eliminated and Dame rumors started popping up was something where Dame goes to the Sixers, Ben Simmons goes to Minnesota, and then Minnesota sends all their stuff to Portland. And, you know, when you look at what Portland's doing right now, they're getting a bunch of stuff for a lot of their players. So um, that's that just that's just like an example of what I could I could see happening. I mean, I don't doesn't seem like I don't know. It doesn't seem like it will happen. But like, that's just, just that's the way I could see it. Uh, Simmons go to Minnesota. Yeah, definitely. It has to be a third team, fourth team kind of deal. A lot of moving parts. So, hey, appreciate it, guys. Of course. Thanks for coming on, Bray. You got it, Bray. Gonna keep this moving. All right. Give me a sec. All right. I got Brent. So, of course, big Blazer fan here and have a uh, lot going on today. Just a quick question as far as salary, because I mean, that's uh, I love to visit your site as far as the salary and try and figure out everything that's going on. But do you see Bledsoe being there long? I think I saw something on your site or someone else where. Uh, if he's not guaranteed by a certain date that he can be released and he's only owed $3 million on his, the final year of his contract. And I know Portland's got a lot of space as far as somewhere around $60 mil for this summer. Uh, what do you see Portland doing as far as trying to lure some free agents to not waste Dame's time? Because I know everyone, everyone thinks Dame wants to be traded. I don't think he wants to be traded. You know, he's all about trying to you know, do everything in Portland. But what are your thoughts on uh, what may happen this summer since it's pretty much we're in tank mode right now? So as far as Bledsoe, um, yeah, he's got a partial guarantee. I think it's like the first week of July where he needs to be cut or before the, the his contract gets fully guaranteed. So they'll they'll get off him by then. Uh, they, you know, I, and I think he'll be, his name will be, uh, will pop up this week as a, buyout candidate just because they could cut him and just have that partial hit for next year. Uh, but I think most likely they'll keep him because they can use that salary for a bigger trade. As far as the cap space, I don't think they're going to... I said earlier uh, when Mike and I did just analyzed the, the McCollum trade today that I don't think as of now they're going to be actually using cap space. Yeah, they're way under the cap. 
I think they I think uh, they are like 60 mil or so under next year's cap, but they've got a couple of big trade exceptions and then they got their mid-level exceptions, stuff like that. I unless they and the thing is like they can't really there's not that much more salary to get off of that to actually make it more worth it to use their cap space because you got Dame making 42 million or so. And then I think the next biggest salary is, is not even making 10 million. So I I don't think they're, you know, they're, I don't now. Maybe they could try to be a third team to get Ben Simmons in a trade. If the Sixers need to create some cap space, sad right sign hard, and I will, I don't know, but I just don't exactly know what the plan is, who they're going to pursue. I think it's more likely for now that they might use their trade exceptions to take on more bad salaries, more young with incentives attached, whether that's young players, picks, and, uh, I'll just touch on this. Uh, con- contrary to popular belief, I do not manage the hoop type salary pages. Um, I just I don't manage them, but uh, it's like its own separate thing. All right, I appreciate the, the question, Brett. Any anything else on your mind, Blazers related? Uh, no, I mean it's kind of it was it's kind of a weird day as far as everything going on. You know, I saw we just cut uh, Zeller. Uh, couple minutes ago or whatever but uh it just kind of seems like we're doing everything to uh get in that lottery which you know for the last 10 years portland hasn't been in that situation um but you know i think uh, the last time we were in the lottery uh we may be kind of afraid what may or may not happen when uh, you bring up greg odin but you know that's just a blazer fan talking but uh but no um just kind of seeing what may happen the bigger thing with that the bigger thing with that, Brennan, Brennan, is the more they lose, the higher that pick. You can flip that pick for more value. So I, that, to me, that was more mindset, my mindset when I um, have seen a lot of these moves so far. You, you know, Dame's not coming back this year. You know, you, you might as well uh, go all in on a tank. Now, now's the time to do it because you're going to try to reload and retool when Damian Lillard's healthy next year. No, you're right. You're right. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on, Brent. All right. How many, Uh, Yossi, how many more people have a hand up? I'm just curious. Oh, like 16 currently. At one point, it was like 30. But, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to get one of them. How many? You have to pick. Okay, I've got him around back on. Uh, Can you guys hear me? Hi. Um, I was just wondering, you know, uh, I'm a Hornets fan, and we're obviously in need of a big desperately. So I was just wondering, what were you hearing? I know we've been linked to Miles Turner. I wanted, I was wondering, like, what were the conversations like before the injury, and what kind of like derailed that? And if you were to bet on us getting one center, who would it be, and like, what would the package kind of look like? Um, I would say that certainly Miles Turner's have always been the most linked name to you guys. Um. Somewhere in that PJ Washington would have to be uh, in that type of a package. Um, who is the center that I think that you guys would get if you get anybody? I don't know. It's like, you know, I don't know really how much PJ Washington, like Mason Plumley, is going to move the needle. Like, you know, if you guys throw a pick in there, you know, it's middle teens. It's 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 not moving the needle. So. Nobody really in particular that, that comes to mind on the market. I don't think you have enough to get, um, you know, Jakob Podol or somebody like that, you know, a Nick Claxton. Um, I, I don't even know if, uh, 
it will be worth it for them to make a trade. I mean, they obviously want to get a center, um, a starting caliber guy, but you know, I, I think they would need more to get uh, Miles. If they ended up with Miles Turner, that would be more about supply and demand. There wasn't as much for him. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I think I could see them. I could see them pursuing maybe Yusuf Nurkic or Christian Wood, uh, just a couple other guys that aren't you know necessarily like. Like they have to go or anything, but I'm sure if the right if the Hornets put uh, a decent package together, combination of a pick and um, they've got Book Knight, PJ Washington, I think they could get there for some of those guys. Maybe I think if they like if they get a little aggressive, they could get Turner, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know what their appetite to spend is right now. Right. Well, I mean, the team like we've kind of been falling off lately, so. I think the urgency is pretty high. And, um, yeah, I, I don't think um, the guy from the Portland Trailblazers, Nurkic, would fit with us because we're looking for the more athletic type skills in the mellow. So, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do, but hopefully we can find, you know, the franchise center. Thank you, Ozo. You got it. Appreciate the question. Let's get uh, – let's definitely get another one, and then we'll see how many we can get off. Let's try to get them uh, as many rapid fire. We got another, like, 10 minutes or so. All right. Hey, rapid fire. So uh, you were just talking about Charlotte, right? Um, what about PJ Washington? What mm-hmm. about what about that center being Rashawn Holmes? Oh, yeah, that skipped yes. my mind. Yes, absolutely. I don't. Then yes, absolutely. That's that's another guy. Uh, I'm like thinking of a third center when I was listening off those guys, and yeah, Rashawn Holmes. That's definitely also a guy that I could have seen Charlotte sign. They had the cap space to just get him in the offseason. Right. They went another route, but um. No, that's yeah. Especially now that they have Sabonis, uh, sh- yeah. I think whether it's a two-team or three-team trade, I could definitely see Charlotte getting Rashawn Holmes. Yeah, I love Rashawn, but I think he's on his way because of the Sabonis fit. So, just wondering about PJ Washington as a stretch four, but what, that's all I got really. I mean, they almost play him as much as a stretch five sometimes, which really blows my mind. Like how small the small ball in the NBA is getting sometimes, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, he could fill a role for now. Um, I, I think he's a fine player. Um, still on a rookie scale deal. It's not bad. I just don't know what a guy like that you're going to pay uh, long term. And, um, you know, Rashawn, like, look, I think he had a nice, you know, year last year. This year, I agree with you with the bonus fit. I don't think it's ideal. We kind of saw that in Indiana not work. So I don't see why Sacramento would want to uh, keep him there to have kind of a similar tandem so i i do expect them to you know look to move him he's certainly available we'll just see if we can if they can get something done before the uh deadline on thursday afternoon great thanks guys of course all right we've got s hassan you are on how's it going guys thanks for taking my call um i'm a huge rockets guy um my question is uh regarding two rockets players the first one is eric gordon leading up into the trade deadline uh you can sense from the Red Nation that we all want Eric Gordon gone, especially at his age at 33. It's a good time to trade him. But listening to one of the spaces last night in the Red Nation, um, some of the beat writers who are connected to the team, they can see him staying past the deadline um, because a lot of the young players look up to him. But um, some of the uh, rumors that were going around for Eric Gordon, um, the Cavs obviously made a trade. and. And the Pels were another rumor, and they made a trade. And 
have you heard anything else that is possible or do you think he will stay with the Rockets? The next one is Christian Wood. Um, he's another one that is coming up in the rumors, obviously, with the Hornets. But uh, what are your thoughts if the Rockets were to keep him? And obviously, he's he signed a three-year deal originally, so they do have his bird rights after that. And that's another thing they could consider. But uh, on my end, I'm not sure if he really fits the timeline of the Rockets, but that bird rights is a something that we uh, is there that the Rockets could use later down the road. Just wanted to hear your thoughts. Thank you again for taking me. You got it. No, good question. I think first off, when it comes to that recording, look, Cleveland uh, did not want to give up a first round pick for him, plain and simple. You know, they would have rather have done uh, two second round picks. They felt like if they were going to give up a first round pick, Karis Levert was the guy that they always targeted. And they got him. Um, so that kind of ended uh, things for him there. I think uh, there are certainly teams in the West that I could see uh, going after uh, after him. I may or may not touch on that in my uh, next Intel piece coming up soon, Hassan. So you should stay tuned for that. Um, but I would just say, without giving it away, because I'm going to write about it, uh, certainly a team out there that uh, you know had an injury as a first round pick available and connect the dots then uh kudos i think that's the team you need to look at for them uh for eric gordon and then you touched on christian wood um christian wood i i agree with you as far as the timeline he doesn't fit their really young core timeline i, I think they would try to see what they can get but they're not going to move him unless you know like rafael stone loves draft capital so you got to get at least i would imagine at least uh, a first round pick for him uh, if not more, um, you know, and I, I don't know that he's going to command that. You know, I think, um, you know, he's a talented guy. He fits what they do, but I'm not sure what type of a, a contender would really look to have him. I know there were some reports about Miami. Um, I don't know. To me, that would almost be like a, a Hassan Whiteside kind of 2.0 scenario there. So I don't know if I see that. What do you think, Yossi? No, uh, I don't have not much to add to that. Uh, uh, yeah. I appreciate the question, Hassan. Let's take one more before we uh, get on up out of here and uh, end this edition of the Hoopside Podcast, a special one at that here on Twitter Spaces. All right. We're going to get one more in. I want to give okay, Owen, put in a request. Let's give him one more, another opportunity. Wow, we had some technical yeah. difficulties Hi, last time. Um, I'm a Washington Wizards fan. Um, you know, it's kind of difficult. Uh, there's a NBA analyst in here, Martin Gorthot. Uh, he knows a lot about this. Um, the Wizards are just, they're not going to blow it up now. You know, Beal's injured. I just don't know what we're going to do. Yeah, that's tough. I'm not sure what they're going to do either. That definitely yeah. changes what they probably had in mind. Yeah, I just... I don't see us do. I just don't see us doing anything. Beal's not going to get a super mask max, you know. Um, uh, for sure now, especially with injury, uh, I just I would love to hear like what you guys think. You could see because you know I'm just a fan, you know. So they were rumored earlier in the month they might go after Sabonis. Yeah. He's unavailable now. I don't think Jeremy Grant really makes sense to go after yeah. now. I just kind of see them doing just some minor cleaning up. Uh, you know, they've got 
they've got to trim their center rotation a bit. I could see them moving off one of Harold or Thomas Bryant. Both are expiring. Yeah. Um, I really think um, I, I think that you know a piece like Davis Bertans really needs to go to contender, uh, go to a championship team. You know, we really need to. He, he's one of the best shooters in the league. Um, yeah, I just think I think we have a lot of talent and just not being used right. Like my second favorite team is the Lakers, and we just really need a shooter like Bertans. I mean, personally, I would blow it up if I'm the Wizards. I just have a hard time seeing them have a path to contention, yeah. especially if they are going to keep Beal and pay him what will likely be around $50 million a year. Yeah. Um, you know, it, he's not, I don't, I'm not, I wouldn't even, I'm not sure if I could even call him like a top 20 player. Mm-hmm. I w- so, uh, I mean, right. So, you know, I will, as far as if they decide to move on from Beal and start a rebuild, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I, think there's definitely still a trade or sign and trade opportunity if it comes to that. Yeah. He just he had, um, you know, he had a season ending injury. I just don't see him his value being anywhere near. We'll see. But that things could change. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll get like some some good draft that equity, maybe some good young players. I'm sure there's they'll get something. Yeah. Right. If if you want to move them. Yeah. Thank you guys. Of course. Take care. All right, Mike, you want to you wanna wrap this up? Yeah, sure thing. I appreciate everybody coming in and asking the questions. I'm sorry we couldn't get to everybody. Um, we've been on for about an hour now. But uh, if you want to listen to more episodes of the Hoops High podcast, guest appearances, players, coaches, executives, media members, you can subscribe to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or else you listen to podcasts. You can keep up with my tweets on Twitter, at Mike Escato, Yossi, at Yossi Goslin, Y-O-S-S-I-G-O-Z-L-A-N. Um, this was fun. I'd like to do this again and, and try to get more people. Sorry. Uh, you know, I, I the fact that they were like, and Yossi was telling me at one point there was like 30 hands up for the questions. I do appreciate very much the interaction um, with my followers in these spaces. I know Yossi does as well. Uh, you know, once in a while we will pop in even to a uh, Lakers late night show pod. Uh, uh, Twitter spaces. I'll do it with the Nets and some other teams as well. Uh, appreciate the dialogue always in a respectful way. Um, uh, you know, I, I, again, uh, Shab, I know you asked, you wanted to ask a question. I'll see you in the Lakers uh, spaces as well. I'm sure we'll uh, connect there. But, you know, to everybody for tuning in, thank you very much. Certainly uh, a fun and enlightening and respectful conversation. Always down for that. Um, hope everybody has a good evening you know try to get some sleep because uh we're not right now before the trade deadline i'll tell you that right now <laughs> Oof.